Yeah. All right. Oh, well, Thanks for joining us. We're trying out uh, Periscope Live here, so it is recording. Facebook. Or I'm sorry, I'm so messed. So how do yeah. we migrate all our Periscope viewers to right. this? Hopefully, this page. they'll slowly start migrating. Oh, oh gosh, over. I hope. Um, but this is. I almost feel like going on Periscope breathing to just say, "Go to Facebook," <laughs> and then you know we're there. Yeah. So we're trying out a uh, new camera here, and, and this is if it's working. I haven't seen any complaints or anything yet. Everything seems to be working smoothly, uh, so that's sh- nice. Mike, don't have my Because we already had issues earlier this morning. Uh, oh, no. Things weren't working. I was panicking, sweating. Oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah, okay, let's talk a little bit. As you guys can see, uh, I kind of put up there, it's, this is actually our last flight test after hours podcast um after we get through here our next podcast we'll get into more detail and in depth of what we would like to do and things were it's a whole other podcast we're not going to really but what i'm going to say and we'll talk a little bit about it more later is it's been kind of a mutual decision and this is a big decision it isn't something we just like all of a sudden said ah we're done you know we're not doing this anymore it's actually, if you guys know, because I talk to you all the time, but it, it's even like for a while, I was like, I think I'm done. I don't, I'm not sure I even want to do the podcast anymore. You know, it was, it was a big, tough decision to kind of go out on our own uh, and do, you know, as you can see now, I kind of, I'm all in, bought some equipment, sold airplanes to, <laughs> to buy, bought some podcast equipment. We're going to give it a shot. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know how long you will last or Andre. I don't know. This is all going to be a guessing game. But we are going to go out and try to do our own I think it could be a fun, fun uh, experience. It, it might be. People really might do. hate I us. Hope. I don't know. It's uh, a big gamble. A lot of, a lot of nerves in the stomach. Yeah. And, uh, if anybody's noticed, even late last night, we're, we're, we're changing the name. Obviously we are now going to, uh, in the next couple of weeks, the whole changeover process is going to happen. We're now going to be called RC after hours instead of FT after hours. And we had a big, long talk with Bixler. I mean, it's not like this is a surprise or anything. Uh, everything's good. We still have a really good relationship and, We've even talked about even possibly doing some stuff in the future with flight tests. So it's not like we're just like, ah, we're gone. See you later. You know, it's not like I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea or anything like that. Um, Just real quick, though, I was for a while, I was very adamant. I wanted to keep the FT after hours name just because we've had it for so long and everybody kind of knew us as that. But after having a long conversation with Josh Bixer and talking about it, and he was asking me, well, why would you like to keep it and this and that? And he, he actually made a really good point uh, to the fact that, you know, we want to respect it. Obviously. Well, yeah, but I mean, technically, I don't think there's anything really legal he could do for us to, to make us change it. But he made up a great point where, well, you're still probably going to be associated with flight tests because everything like all their planes and everything is FT, you know, the FT Sportster, yep. the FT this, the FT that, you know, FT is associated with flight, flight tests. tests. And I didn't really think about it. At Legally that, it isn't, but well, mindset I mean, of the consumers it correct. is. Correct. And, and everybody that knows flight tests knows that FT is associated flight with flight tests. Yeah. So with us trying to maybe do more of our own thing and go on that route, I 
kind of made sense. We're like, yeah, that is kind of stupid in a way, you know, to keep in the FT because we're still would be kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Am I making any sense here? Well, the I, reason we were going to we do like flying time after hours yeah, or something. Right. But, we were going to keep the just, FT. Just because it has a good ring to it more so yes. than trying to herd, you know, whatever. Right. Or, you know. Right. So it was kind of a group thing. It was a hard decision on what to come up with and what was available. That's the other question, you know, on all the social sure. media platforms. And really the only thing that kind of stuck out a little bit for us was RC after hours just for radio control because who knows down the road, you know, I I'm gonna be driving trucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't know. Andre's exactly. already looking at trucks. He had nine hundred text messages yesterday. I'm putting my stuff for sale. I'm going to the hobby shop. I'm looking for trucks. I'm like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've been there, I've heard it. You know, Boats, so, trucks, whatever. Yeah, you but never you know. never know. We exactly. might, maybe we're going to Because that nice lake you introduced me to, I'm like, hmm, maybe a boat even. Exactly. <laughs> we got our hands on one. You could see it zip across that calm lake. I kind of bring it back to the RC sailors a little bit. Like, they do a little bit of everything. They love everything RC. Cars, yes. trucks, boats. Nerf tanks, whatever. Nerf, yeah, whatever. <laughs> not, not saying that we we will. I don't know. I know. I, I don't know. know. I know. But at least we have We have an open, for, open ground for it now. Right. Right. So on the next podcast, uh, oh, I guess I'll throw this out there now. Um, it's being set up as we speak. So everybody listening or if you know people that l like to listen to the podcast, make sure you get the word uh, spread out. You will not find the next uh, podcast. Oop, let me get that off of there. Um, on the flight test podcast platform for podcasts so yep. like if you you know a lot of you are subscribers on whether you go through itunes or stitcher yeah, or if you go to their podcast menu, yes we will no longer appear correct in the, the we're number, in the numbering system yes. that they're doing with their podcasts yeah. um it's not going to be on there so you won't find us and if you subscribe to us the next podcast won't be on there so you'll have to go search out rc after hours on whatever platform you listen to itunes whatever and resubscribe and get us on there and we're hoping we'll, to everything. retain as many yeah. of you listeners as we possibly can right. and we'll try to keep that information right. out there right uh spread the word and it, it is ahead. also it is also better because um the flight stefan stefan stepped up big time and mm -hmm. they're doing a weekly podcast and Correct. there was there was some comments going like well now i can't tell what's an after hours podcast yeah. and what's an ft podcast so this is this is just better this is actually we're adding more content we're adding more and variety we can, we can get um, the questions so, more uh, not you know a mixture of things because we're not so involved with what flight test is doing despite our efforts sometimes so it, this way we can answer our own content keep things a little more mm -hmm. separated like you were pointing out right and a lot of people don't realize that i mean yeah we still talk to the guys great a little friends bit with them, yeah yes. they're great friends we've known them for you know five or six years but the problem is we're not like down at the shop anymore. yeah we just don't we don't have the interaction no that we, that we love yeah you know? right and you know, Mike, like it's just because everyone's busy more, more so than not. I mean, that's honestly the reasoning, too. Yeah. From and, what I've seen. And that's their day job. You know, that's what they do every day. So it's not like we have our usual shoots on the weekends where everybody got together yeah, and hang out and did all the flying afterwards. As much as we love that, things kind of went different directions. Yeah, so which is I totally get part it. of life. Yeah, I, guess, so. I, I understand it. And we would get a lot of questions about what was going on at flight test. And we're like, and we're like. 
I don't know. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I was finding out stuff through social media that people found out before I even. It's knew hard what to was keep up. On. They grew so exponentially. Just like even me, I was a regular viewer of every episode, and it's like I can't even keep up with all their content. They're doing yeah. it on an everyday basis, full time jobs. Yeah. And like you said, we're, we're we come home in the evenings, and that's hence the after hours type things. So right. I can only get little Party. bits and pieces there. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what it goes. Like I said, the next podcast will be our first RC After Hours podcast on the new platform. We're, ho- we're hopefully going to have a website up for you guys and get the information out there. Um, I think that's about it for right now. And we'll let you know what we're wanting to do or we're going to try to do and see if it works out. we got some ideas and things we want to work on. I don't know. Could be better, could be worse. We'll, we'll find out. So... Um, all right, enough of that. Let's have a little fun. I, you know, we got some other stuff we can talk about. Uh, let's see. What kind of truck did you get, Andre? That's my first question. What? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It bugs the crap out of me how expensive those things are, man. Holy I, moly. I, yeah. I told you. And the thing with the trucks and the cars, and I have some. I, I still like them. My kids still drive them, is you – not only are they expensive, is you do a lot of work on those things. Like my boys will take yeah. them out, drive them for five minutes, smash them into a tree, and then uh, you're tearing them all apart, changing parts, changing arms, whatever, ripping out. You know, they're tearing out spur gears, this and that. You know, more so than aerial craft, huh? Oh, way more. Oh, yeah, that's hard way, to believe. That's hard to believe because you more think you fall from the sky, you're going to do more damage. Not necessarily <laughs> hit a tree. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into the. What is that? What is that? That's a micro sky hunter. So I'm going to turn this thing into a sub 250 gram airplane. (laughs) (laughs) That's my new mission in life. Everything's going to be lightweight. Uh, So that's, uh, this was me testing our, my uh, delivery issues with Banggood. So uh, basically, you know, it's nice little, you know, pusher style and everything. So Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see how it goes. So you're going to have that all set up with FPV then? Yeah, of course. Jeez, one of my crazy. Um, but uh, I'm gonna. Hey, I'm gonna swap. isn't that I isn't, a, Mike? Isn't that illegal in Canada? Think, think isn't is, that illegal yeah. in Canada? <laughs> so, 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 I don't think you're allowed well, to do well, that. What we have Andre. to do is kill all the animals in the 75 meters, and then we can fly. <laughs> so, so I, and of course, you know, while I was building this, none of this, this, none of this was on the radar, right? So I put a big honking motor in there and a big mm-hmm. ESC, and now it's like, well, I'm gonna go in the exact opposite direction. Actually, I want to see if I can make this thing go down onto a. 2s power setup you know throw like a 1704 or something like this onto it and just see if actually if it would fly under 2s because that would be hilarious just for just for the experiment and um of course i've got my uh you know my multi rc uh, shenanigans 150 milligram and uh milligram mil millimeter <laughs> um yeah mike yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wake up uh, anyway, talk- <laughs> talking to mark about about the stuff from multi rc he's actually um they're working the two the sub 250 gram zone i think is going to explode this mm-hmm. year because you've got flight controllers you know everything is kind of taking these steps from uh you know the micro stuff like the like the, the inductrix and stuff but like now i can pick up a flight controller with an integrated fr sky receiver for for the same price as a normal uh you know f3x i don't know what what the acronyms are anymore for for the flight controllers 
But the point is, you know, at one point we were so against integration, but the benefit of integration is less weight. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you can now get a, you know, you can now get an ESC bundle in the size of, you know, that says it's the same form factor as your flight controller. So everything can get condensed, you know, essentially we're looking, you know, at smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and of course, um, Flight Test made that re- announcement earlier this week or last week that, you know, their FT Gremlin, which is using the Emacs brushless system, you know, mm-hmm. for, for micro quads. So, holy moly. So, you know. I don't know. And they look cool. You know, I never really looked at it that way until Brendan actually explained it. You know, we're all against it. 250 thing. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, that was back. Blah, blah, blah. That was back when we were uh, registering, you know, and I think we kind of lost track of what, what we were saying. But like he, he said, it's on track that it's just keeping you from putting an FAA. Sticker, yeah. If, if you got. Anything back else then, that was our goal, though, because we were we're so afraid of them right. having information about us. And yeah, things, so things have changed for sure. Yeah, because and really, if you happen. have anything over that, you got to be registered anyway. So yeah. what's the what's yeah, exactly? The point? So ah, that's funny. All right, uh, a couple things. I I got some notes here. A few things we can talk about, and then I think I got a couple emails and questions and stuff we can sort through. First off, Mike, I wanted to. Talk. I saw you sent me a link about something. Did that I? What cool. I send it? I the forget blade, the blade one. Oh yeah, that the, was yeah, pretty. Yeah. I thought it was as small as the Inductrix for whatever reason. It is a slightly larger because of the brushless. Mm-hmm. But it looked pretty sweet. I don't know. Go ahead though with. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about. I've been wanting these. One of these for a while is Hobby King had the uh, ME one sixty three Comet, and it's the one <laughs> where you 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 can actually put a little rocket in the in the end of it and you can light it you know and it'll and it goes around but it actually flies very well my problem with it was was the color scheme you know i had the camo color scheme it's only i even forget the wingspan might be high 20s low 30s inch wingspan it's not very big it almost looks like a bullet with wings right super fast and watching the videos i'm like ah man it's just one of those things where you get out there a little ways and you go to turn and the sun's over there and you're like, I don't know where I'm going, what direction <laughs> it's camouflage. You're going to get up around it's the trees crazy. and you're not going to know, you know what I'm saying? So I was kind of like, eh, I, I think I'll pass. Right. Well now they, maybe they thought the same thing or like, how, what can we do to improve this thing a little bit? Well, a couple things. One, Color scheme. they upped the motor in the ESC and made it faster. Two, they redid what this thing does, Mike, has no landing gear. It's kind of like the original. It has a carriage on it. So it has a little carriage with wheels on it, and you put the aircraft on top of it, and you take off, and when it gets enough airspeed, it just flies right off the carriage, and and you go, right? Pretty cool. Well, it was narrow and had smaller wheels, and people were having a little trouble and blah, blah, blah. So they made it bigger. So now you got a better undercarriage, bigger motor, bigger ESC, can fly on four cells, probably do over 100 miles an hour, unlimited vertical, obviously, but the best thing about is they made it red, all red. And what I was finding out of watching, uh, maybe it was the daily, it was rather interesting, is when they actually made one of these and were testing it, they painted it red for, uh, uh, what do you want to say, for, from the Red Baron from World War One. Okay. Just for uh, a different scheme. Honoring them, yeah. right? Okay. But they didn't keep it red. From my understanding is they painted it red, they flew it, did some test stuff, landed it and then put it back into the camo scheme 
So if you get a chance, Mike, you ought to go check it out. It's the Durafly ME163 Comet. And, oh, man, I just want to get I'm one. I'm a little confused by this carriage thing. So you have to take off a pavement or something? Uh, no, they were taken off on grass, short grass. You know, the wheels are big. It's like a it skateboard. Just, yeah, exactly. How right. does it stay on there, though? I mean, It doesn't. Do you have a release mechanism? No, it just, something? once it gets enough airspeed, it lifts right off of the carriage. Yeah, but I don't know how it's staying on the carriage to get to that level. It's just clipped in kind of thing, but it's it's huh. there's no release. So if you pick up the airplane, I'm it falls off. It. It's yeah. just sitting on top of this thing. I'm going to have to watch and, that. You know, yeah. And then you, you put a little rocket in. It's got a motor. It's got a hot motor set up, 4S. You know, it just mm -hmm. goes, so... When at first, when you were talking about rockets, my buddy at work was showing me these little rockets he made out of matchsticks. Have you ever seen that, where you roll up like aluminum foil to make the no the tube? No, it's pretty cool, and they go like seventy-five meters. He's like, man, if you could put those on your planes, <laughs> you'd have reusable <laughs> missiles. <laughs> you could rebuild them. They're real. I mean, it was cool. I don't know. I think you put like three or four match heads in it, and he, this guy, he analyzed which matchsticks were the best and all this stuff that. It was pretty cool to see that, though, and you, and you like ignite it off like a coat hanger or something. That's the rod it sits on. Really? I'll show you sometime. I remember all, it, it was pretty cool. He said he made them when he was a kid, and he was surprised to see that people were still, still doing that and improving on it. But he's like, man, if you could make those somehow missiles on your planes to shoot off, that'd be funny. These aluminum. Yeah, because that, that that's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. They're not. They're not. They're. Yeah. they're yeah, something else highly illegal. Coming off <laughs> but it's aluminum foil. If it hits you, it's just gonna crumble. It's not like it's dangerous. And maybe poke your eye out. You might want to wear a goggle or something. It'd be like a Nerf dart. You know. I don't oh, think it'd be man. that bad. It'd look better though than a Nerf dart. So why we're kind of on the subject of being under. 250 grams. I wanted to throw this out here. I just thought it was kind of interesting and I found it on the, a new site. An Australian company uh, is releasing a sub micro 100 gram flying FPV wing. And I'll read it. It says, if you need a claim 25 minute endurance in an FAA registration beating 100 gram package, then the Corvo micro is for you. I doubt it'll come cheap. It delivers a simple and safe autonomous surveillance capability. The sub 100 gram takeoff weight enables safe operation over populous areas. It is, it says ruggedized. I didn't even know that was a word. Ruggedized, weatherproof, and ultra compact. Ready to perform in any environment, anytime, anywhere. Quiet, difficult to detect even at low operating altitudes, day and night payload, slingshot launch system, minimum space required to launch and recover, real-time FMV with KLV media data, ground-based advanced video processing. 25-minute flight time, 99 grams in weight, 320-millimeter uh, wingspan. You can either, uh, has a handheld slingshot, belly landing, um, so yeah, that's the uh, Corvo Micro 100 gram flying wing. That's rather interesting. They're getting smaller, Mike. Everything's getting smaller. And you said, Chris, you said you were quite interested in the uh, the uh, uh, the Vortex 150. Yeah, I'm really, really interested. I think I'm going to end up purchasing one of them. I was, I was wait, kind of waiting to see, uh, I think it was last week, Blade threw out a little thing and I actually had a hard time finding it, but they threw out a little thing like, oh, you wait and see next Thursday, because Horizon Hobby always does yeah. their, their releases usually on Thursdays. 
So they were like, oh, we got a big release, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of waiting to see, and we were all guessing. Andre hit it right on the right, the nail right on the head that it was probably going to be some kind of brushless quadcopter, inductrix type something, which it was. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. So I was just kind of waiting. And once that came out and I seen what it was and everything, I'm still, I think I'm going to go back to the Vortex, to the Vortex 150. Yeah. And so that way I got a little quadcopter I can crank around and, you know, we can go out and you can fly the, the baby or the uh, mini tri. Um, okay. Here's another story. Let me pull it up real, real quick. I wanted to talk about, I think we might've mentioned, no, it was on my list on the last podcast and I completely forgot about it. Um, Mike, but did you hear about the Karma drone that flew through the window? No, I did not. Oh yeah. Let me pull this up. Um, so anyway, I, it just said drone fly. Oh, what That's do you got there, Andre? Here, let me let, show everybody what you got. What That's is my that? answer. That's the... Multi-RC? Yeah, that's the shenanigans. While well, we're talking about 150... Yeah, that's 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 my little. That's gonna be my. That's got a lot of stuff on there. (laughs) Well, you know, it flies, it goes. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Oh no no, I was pulling up the story anyway, so it's not a big deal. Oh okay, so yeah, that's the multi RC shenanigans, 150 uh, millimeter frame there. So that one does with a 3s 800 does weigh in under 250 grams. All right, so this was actually on February 26th. Like I said, this was it. For anybody behind the scenes, they usually have some kind of list. Not always, and we get, always get off on t- topic, but I usually have some kind of list we want to talk through or whatever. Half the time when we're done podcasting after two hours, I have half the lift, list is <laughs> left over because we never get to it. And this was one of them, and I, I wish we would have, but uh, whatever. So it says a GoPro. Now listen, GoPro <laughs> Karma Drone. Which I thought they disabled all those. Well, they came – Well. They came back. They were here and then gone, and <laughs> now they're back. Yeah. So, like a cat? Like a cat. says a GoPro drone crashed through a Manhattan woman's 27th floor window. I mean, the guy's not supposed to be flying in Manhattan anyway. Oh, all right. Seventh 27th floor? 27th floor window and landed just uh, at her feet as she was sitting in the living room enjoying a quiet evening at home, police sources said Sunday. The 66-year-old resident was working on her computer inside her East River high-rise when the hobby craft smashed through the window at about 5.45 p.m., according to the sources. The one-by-one-foot device, which has a 10-inch propeller and a camera, landed on the floor just four feet away from her, the cop said. Poor lady, she's lucky she wasn't killed, said Stephanie Bowman, 23, who was just visiting her boyfriend at the apartment 11 floors below at the time. Police on Sunday were investigating who owns a drone, a remote-controlled 2.2-pound GoPro Karma quadcopter model, and where it came from. The Federal Aviation Administration also plans to look into it. Says if the owner registered the device with the FAA, which is legally required for recreational drones between 50.55 and 55 pounds, it should be traced back to the owner, sources said. Police may also be able to use the serial number located on the base and the battery of the drone to track down who it belongs to. Wow, they're going to go. Because I highly doubt I had the FAA. I highly doubt that too, that if he was in Manhattan. First of all, you knew he was illegal. Why would you put your sticker on there? He's going to. Says flying drones recreational is banned in Manhattan and nearly everywhere else in the city except for the five outer borough parks, according to the Parks Department. 
So there you have it, the drone going through the window. So this reminds me, like, oh. this isn't a DJI. This is someone went to Best Buy, bought a GoPro Karma, and just started flying it is what we're thinking. I mean, that's my mindset, yeah. and I don't know and all the details, but that's that, kind of to your point earlier, even like <laughs> people can go buy these things and fly them yes. as they wish. And Mike Finley just brought up a great point. The first thing that came to mind was Casey Neistat, because he did have a Karma drone, and he's kind of in New York City. <laughs> And he, you know, he's already had how many flowers? Not, uh, I'm not saying that yeah. it was. I'm not saying that it was. <laughs> but but yeah. it's a good point that that's the first thing that came Come to mind. Was Casey Neistat. Good was, point, yeah. Michael. <laughs> Very good point, Michael Finley. Uh, we're all just waiting for that crash to happen, aren't we? Yeah. That nightmare. So there you have it. Gar yeah, GoPro Karma drone through the window in New York City. Now, see, this is... Oh, it amazes me that he actually busted those windows because those windows are like so like, shock absorbed. You yeah. know what I mean? I just can't even believe it busted that window. Yeah, usually so far up, they're pretty Yeah, they like you can't people, just run and yes. jump out the window. You know, yes. if a body can't break the window, how is this two and a half pound quad breaking the window? It must have been like, you know, like a ball peen hammer where, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's that certain hit. Right. Well, they'll fracture. A first thing sticking out of the front the there props, is, the, is yeah. the, well, well the, the camera. GoPro. Okay. The GoPro sticking way out. So front. it's like a ball peen hammer. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. It just seems kind of funny. And I didn't think those windows I, would, I would break under that. I would think he would be flying at FPV. I don't know, but yeah, if he would, they'd think. think they could get the camera too and look at the footage of you know, where he took off from. Yeah. Well, it's a GoPro, so what's the first footage you get on a GoPro? Your face it, as you yes, turn the thing yeah. on, right? Yeah. So yeah, who knows? <laughs> be interesting to see if they Casey actually release the details on that one, right? <laughs> People are going to start wearing face masks before they fire up their quadcopters anymore, right? Ski mask. Yeah, ski mask. <laughs> Big ski mask says, can't see I'll, me. I'll have my hunting mask. Yeah, your camo on. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll laugh and we'll know. That's what I should do. Put on my camouflage mask and put my goggles on front of it. That would look so cool. Yeah, because that, that's going to help the hobby. Thanks. Yeah, great. That'll help the hobby, right? <laughs> Uh, oh, <laughs> could you imagine going to Jackson with a like a hunting mask on and goggles? People would be looking at you like, "Okay, this, they would have the cops on you right now." And yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next thing I actually found, I think it might have been on Facebook. Uh, Andre, did you see the thing about uh, one guy's got an idea about a circular runway? Have you seen this? Yes. Have yes, you seen that this, Mike? Awesome. I mean. I don't know. I, I guess it would work, but I'm like kind of on the fence. What happens when it snows? So what do you do? Taxi in circles till you left? Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a giant NASCAR track. It is, uh, and it's actually banked. They have it banked, but I don't know. It just... I don't, uh, oh, this is for cars, obviously. No. No. This is no. for airplanes. What? Circular runway. Yeah, here's a picture of it. I'll show you a picture of it. And we'll talk about I'm it. I'm really struggling with imaging. Isn't that? There's some videos out there too they, where they depict. Now, I think it's my like, understanding. What? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, which way is the wind direction coming from? Before well, we can Well, that's what they that's said. Like, that that said doesn't matter. Wherever the wind is, yeah, you but can, you don't have it long enough straightaway. That's, but I guess the runway's so kind of big. It, it you know it doesn't really matter. I don't get it. <laughs> It is kind of crazy. You could, do, you could do an X and be just as good. So the pilot is trying to bring, oh, that wingtip's too low. I got to, you know, like, well, now am I going straight, you know? <laughs> uh, and then 
what happens if there's like ice and snow buildup mm-hmm. on the runway? What happens then? You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, know. I kind of like the X patterns myself or yeah. cross patterns. But we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I'll read it and we'll see what everybody thinks about this. It says, "Welcome to our project site. The lack of." Capacity at airports is a major constraint growth in the air transport. Current technology projects optimize the use of available airport capacity, but but unless a struct, structural new approach is followed, the expected threefold increase in air traffic is not real, realistic to achieve. Physical constraints on runway operations like wake vortexes, separation minimums, uh, cross and tailwind limits make it hard to improve performance at a conventional airport configurations. The endless... Runway is a radical and novel airport concept which applies a circular runway. The concept of the endless runway can generate a breakthrough in sustainable airport capacity by avoiding the physical constraints of conventional runways through shifting and liftoff and touchdown points of individual aircraft. The main feature of the circular runway is that it will become possible to let an aircraft operate always at landing and takeoff with the headwind. Wasn't that your question, Mike? Mm-hmm. Whatever its strength and direction, the endless runway becomes independent of the wind when allowing limited crosswind airspace users can shorten the global tra- trajectory of the flights through optimized departure and arrival routes. The circle of the runway whose diameter is set to three kilometers is large enough to provide sufficient room for infrastructure, preferably inside the circle, even for a hub airport. This makes the airport compact while allowing current day aircraft to use the circle without significant structural modifications. And the video I was watching too is Where like, was this at? I, uh, I forget where it oh, said. No. Well, go ahead. It's in uh, Europe. Yeah, it's in Europe. Okay. That's, um, but one thing they were talking in the video is like, you know how a lot of times uh, you have to wait in line to take off or sometimes they make you circle whatever to land. Well, with the circle thing, they said there's you don't have that. You know, you got one aircraft kind of taken off on this side. And you can get these aircraft over here to, to land on this side. And, you know, takes I'm, less, I'm thinking the wind direction is always the same. So you're still going to have that same traffic landing and taking off in the same direction. You can't have one on one side of the circle and one on the other with wind direction. Sure you can. Yeah, because sure. it'd be like a parallel runway in, in some aspects. Yeah, but the wind is coming from one direction. Don't you land in the headwind as yes. well, and you take off yeah, in headwind? Yeah, but if you're if you're in the but circle, you're coming though, into it. yeah, if this circle's like this, and the wind's going this way, you could take off or land this side, or take off and land on the other side. Does that make sense to you? You you have to you have to to look at yeah, a giant I see. I see. circle, yes. not not like a little one where you're going. Around, you know, you don't have to go around the circle three times to take off. <laughs> Well, they're optimizing there, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it's a giant circle, huge. All right, so but, you have parallel. Right. Yeah, but well, I guess their thing is instead of having two huge long runways or, or intersecting runways or parallel runways, you're still getting the same distance in runways, but it's in that circle pattern, and you're using less land, mm-hmm. you know, and and supposedly uh, less noise restriction and like they said, less for, you know, all that stuff. Suppose it's just hard to believe with a I, perfect circle like that, that there's enough room, but they're saying they're, they're able to minimize their takeoff and landoff because you are ideally with the wind whatever the wind direction is, yes. you're ideal to or, it. So it's going to work with you're, you're able to take off right to your heading, Mike. Yeah. So instead of, okay, I take off and I got to do this big banking. So you don't need the longer head. runway typically that you're used to. So yeah, I kind of shouldn't have the crosswind, yeah. like, you know, some of these, Things you have to fight yeah. against. How many times have you hopped on YouTube and watched the crosswind landing? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're skidding down the runway yeah. in a 737, yeah. you know? 
So no, it makes sense. I just I I can't foresee. It's hard for me to imagine that big of a circle. I guess was the first was the first thing I struggled with. I did too. Too I watched the video, yeah. and once you see the video and they kind of depict the you know seven forty seven on yeah. this giant banked kind of circle runway, you know. I can't believe it's banked though. That that kind of still it was banked. With me. Yeah, and and it wasn't radically no, no not radical not. but supposedly it kind of counteracts that little bit of going around the circle of the forces you yeah. know what i mean okay i don't know i just thought it was rather interesting and i think i could be wrong here but i think somewhere maybe 40s 50s 60s the uh they tried that here i think in the states or or they were talking about a circle runway but it never uh never material materialized imagine air shows Okay, explain that to me. What, what he's sitting well, in the center. Imagine, <laughs> he's uh, in the center. An air show. You're in the middle of the pat. You're in the middle of the the hub, and the planes are taking off. You could like they could have multiple demonstrations going on. Oh, it'd just be true. phenomenal. That's true. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of funny a circle runway. Which is the first thing you say. Oh, circle runway. You're like, yeah, you're retarded. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's know. a big circle. That's all I got to keep mindful of. You know, I'm sitting here looking. I got the, uh, I took the mystique down off the ceiling and I put yeah, up I the Radian XL. I, I just that. hope that thing stays up. Yeah, I can't believe how much heavier that Radian XL is compared to the mystique. To I was the... shocked. Why? Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Slightly but I mean, the mystique's bigger, you know, I don't know. But they fly pretty yeah, similar, but... surprising. It's just crazy, you know, different design and weight and everything. But yeah, whatever, that's a whole other subject. Off topic, off topic. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, okay, let's get into the uh, the new little quadcopter, Mike. Tell me what you think. Have you seen it yet? The little torrent? You don't know torrent. anything about it. Torrent. You're lost, aren't you? Well, I was, I'm so thinking about well, that Blade Mike, 110. Mike, Mike, you didn't read the show notes? <laughs> Notes. He's like a typical co-host. He gets here at uh, you know eight thirty-one, sits down. Let's go. Where's the donuts? I could probably throw it up on the screen for you. That Mike, sounds familiar. Torrent. Well, no, it's brand new. All right, Andre. Yeah. No, I know it's brand I new, but I think I did that. see something. He must have shot my way. All right, Mike or uh, Andre, explain to Mike what the torrent is, and I'll try to put it up on the screen for him. All right, Mike. Basically. It is a plus-size brushless inductrix, to put it bluntly. Um, basically, they've run in, and it's a uh, do, 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 do. It is a hundred and that's 150 milliwatt. I'm trying to find it. it's 110 millimeters, hence the torrent 110. But it's a brushless quad. Um, so that so seems like the, the smallest they can go is 110, because that's what Blade did, and that as far as keeping the brushless. It seems to be that seems to be the, the smallest technology that they yeah. can get with brushless. Yeah, right, right. I, you know, they've got to support the motors. Uh, yep. It's a tri-blade. I'm trying to find. It's got the you know four-in-one ESC and prop cards. I'm trying to find what the motors are. It looks nicer than the Blade but, one. But it will run on 3S, which like is pretty cool. Yeah, they uh, said you know, uh, four, two or 3S, right? Yeah, 450 milli uh, uh, 3S or an 800 2S, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Actually, it's I think that the 800 on the 2S is probably just to deal with the heat that those motors pull off. Um, what are those motors? Typically, they 3S say. they said was for outside use, and then you tame it down 2S for in here's, indoor. But here's my question, Andre, that I would like to know, and 
So if you're flying it on a three cell 450, now I said the approximate flight time is three to four minutes, which is all seems to be typical in all these little tiny race quads or freestyle quads. Yeah. They don't seem to change. So if you're going to throw an 800 milliamp two cell on there, are you going to be just winding those motors way out to get it to fly the same on that two cell and suck as much battery juice through there that you're still only going to get three or four minutes or you think it's going to be a little bit better on two cell with just not the the punch and everything because i'm guessing i think it's going to go ahead it's going to be yeah it's going to be the same principle as like our 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 warbirds when we're flying 3s or 4s you know you're getting more scale so Mm -hmm. so yeah your your response time will be a little less now my issue with something like this sure i i think you would fly this you wouldn't fly this in the house you would fly this in an indoor event uh, because you're looking at a carbon fri- fiber frame, and uh, I think those are metal prop guards. So you know, if you go flying into a wall, it's gonna it's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> so I didn't realize. Um, I think those. Oh, here we go. They are 1104 7600 kV motors. So um, we saw Emacs and flight test, like I mentioned earlier. They're releasing Emacs has got a brushless set. So this is basically where they're going. It's funny because um, I have a set of 1104s. I don't think they're this high kV, but uh, I think the trick is is that the ESCs and the flight controllers have come a long way. Oh, now for you sure. Get your, you know, I did. You know, I, actually, I, I'm kind of surprised. They have oh that's the video transmitter so it's a 150 watt transmitter so you know you're you're basically you know in a 600 TV line uh, camera with 120 uh, degree view field of view so it's it's a grown up version of the Inductrix if you wanna if you wanna be blunt um, which is pretty cool but you get a telemetry receiver you get some different color options and I think it was 200 US new so that's mm-hmm. not bad it's not a bad you price. Know, no, because the the yeah, what was the other is color options? Because I think I was looking uh, at those. Color red, green, red, green. Sorry, yellow. sorry. Black, yellow, and blue. Black, yellow, blue. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm I'm I'm. You have to excuse me. I'm a little slow. Cause <laughs> I thought. All right. First of all, yes, I know. I didn't know the name was Torrent. Mm-hmm. I obviously knew about the Blade One Ten, which is one and the same thing. Now. Yeah. I'm back on page here. Um, I think the reason I was confused is my buddy was looking at some Hubson stuff, and yeah. I got I got those two things confused for whatever reason because I was like he was looking at a white red one, but anyways, I just want to let the viewers know that I was confused. Yes, I did see the the thing the link you sent me on this. I thought this was awesome. It was smaller scale brushless. I, it just, yeah. yes, it's pretty. pretty it's just, cool. I think it's the same power system they're using on all their brushless planes. You know, they've just, you know, it's it's the the eleven oh four motor seems to be our, uh, the you know, this is going to be the gateway that's going to take us from the brush systems to the brushless. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they're a little bigger and everything, but this is what we've been looking for, and it's you know, like the ESE boards are, they look awesome. Um, it does look really well. Well, that's just nice that you have it all contained. Well, now, the the annoying thing is, if the board goes poof, well, then it's you know you're down. Yeah, Even right. if you just lost yes. one ESC, yeah. you have to go and replace everything. But uh, you know who knows how now, much the uh, you're parts still are. on board for the Vortex well, 150 I, as opposed I, to this I item. I think that's what I'm I'm asking. I'm kind of asking because I don't know. That's I mean, why I was going to ask you. Does this like, entice you I, at it all? It does or? entice me. But like, here's the thing. But like Andre's point, like with I assume the Vortex 150, you have separate ESCs. You, it's more. Yeah. Uh, it's more uh, traditional. It's it's more of a high end racing slash FPV quad. Would you fly that indoors? No, necessarily? no. So but, you would this. Uh, 
I'm on the fence with this indoors for me. Now this has the protected props. It does. The, uh, prop guards. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a metal it's a metal and carbon, carbon. fiber yeah. setup. Yeah. So right. when you bounce your inductrix off your 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 upstairs, you know, kitchen. You know, your wife isn't going to go, well, she'll yell at you, but she's not going to go, what the heck did you just leave a scar in? Yeah, typically you know, the, the, thing, the you might prop guards will take the damage. Through. Yeah. I don't think I would fly this in the house, this personally. One? No. I really don't. Oh, I am. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, don't get me I'll wrong. I'll deal with I, the punishment. If, if we can, I would love to, to get one and test it, and it would be really cool to get have a, a Vortex 150 and just compare the two, I mean, because what was this? Two hundred. It's a hundred dollar price difference between the two. Can you go down to the picture? Because that battery looks so huge under it. Yeah. Uh, which one? Or do you want to go to the, the regular US? pictures? I can. I can go back to the pictures here. They I don't know if they someone. show the battery actually. They, uh, they did here. So right there. Oh yeah. See, to me, that that looks crazy. That big battery under there. Well, I don't think they have a choice. I mean, does it? Go, I know, eh, but you can put it on top. Nah. I think that's okay. A lot of them put them on the bottom. They just kind of like when you take off their... Nah, the flight controllers are so good nowadays with stabilization that, you know. But see, that's kind of my dilemma. I just want something to go tool around my yard and out the back and, and have something. Or if we go out to the field and you're flying the mini tri, I can go crank around. And I know the Vortex 150 would have no problem doing that. Yeah. But then there's this too to where... If I just want to sit out on my front porch and tool around through the trees or even the backyard, you know, I, it looks like this is very capable of doing that, you know, and it, it, it is smaller. The batteries obviously would be cheaper. So I'm on what, the what battery capacity is the one Vortex 150? Uh, it's, it's a, a four cell. Oh, it's four cell. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot more punch with that. Uh, five to eight hundred milliamp on the yeah. And I was Andre, I was pricing those batteries on the four cell on like the eight hundred milliamps. They're not cheap. I thought yeah. for sure they'd no, be a lot cheaper. You're like twenty bucks a battery. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like there's once you drop below the thirteen hundred threshold, there is no, there doesn't seem to be a price savings. Uh, and I think it's just you know the What's technology the is harder to produce because it's small. Oh, they're probably a, they're high C. I would think. Hmm, I don't know if they. I'm guessing burn, you probably don't burn. have to anything above a thirty C or forty C is probably fine. They with a thirty C. There. there you go. There you go, 30C. So it's not like you got to yeah, have this. Yeah, but you won't fly it on a 30C. You'll go higher because oh, you yeah, want the yeah. punch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know, in a two-cell, well, I'd That's probably go for the three-cell 450. There, yeah, a three-cell 450 battery is probably pretty cheap. But I don't know. But if I want to go out and hit, you know, crank around with you with the Mini Tri, you know, I think the Vortex, I don't see. I need both. <laughs> we'll just solve it right there. <laughs> there and, we'll, uh, and we'll just get both. This does look like a really nice product, though. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's. Uh, it, I think it's, for like you, said, the Vortex is probably better. I think it's going to have more punch and things. Things you're able to fly. Yeah. This to me looks like it could be beginner type, intermediate type quad flying to me. Your buddy that was asking for one, he doesn't have no FPV stuff though, does nah, he? Yeah, and this isn't ready to fly. Is there is a ready fly option on that? Uh, I know it's like two. Which one? The one fifty? Is the, the one ten? The torrent. The torrent's ready to fly. I mean, not I with a radio and everything. Do they have a ready to? I didn't even look because I never even looked to see if they have a ready to fly version. I'm, I'm willing to bet because if they do it with the Inductrix, why wouldn't they do it with this guy? 
Mm, we'll find out here in I'm, just a second. That's a good question, though, because I'll definitely run it by his, his way. He has no equipment, and it'd be nice, nice to know the price point or the price of a ready I mean, device that's available. I, I mean, didn't see any transmitter with, like, the, the image on it, did you? In their video? No, okay. The, all I see in their site right now is the bind and fly. Okay. But, I mean, they just released this the other day. So, yeah. I mean, they just started if, talking about it the other day. So, But if you think so, about it, somebody wants to get into it, they could buy something like this. But they'd have to have the goggles and transmit. Well, right? I know, but you can get a pair yeah, of the but, Hobby King goggles for 50 see, he, bucks. He, that would be tacking up the dollars for him yeah, anyhow. He's really looking to save whatever yeah, yeah. i mean it's, i got you i guess you're right he could go with like the, he's getting uh, the hubson one i think right. which has see the, if he likes it the, it has a what's a 720p camera mm -hmm. the, on the transmitter i said man i don't know i guess as an introductory thing yeah go ahead and try it i don't know if he'll be completely satisfied but yeah hmm. all right anyway that's the torrent so what do you think mike you gonna get one um <laughs> no, I think I have other things on my plate that I need to get. All right. Well, last thing I wanted to talk about, and again, but it is interesting because they kind of went the direction we were wanting and asking uh, yes. for before we bought our inductrix. Obviously, yes, yes. If I didn't have the inductrix, yes, I would probably have bought that instead. More than likely, would have bought that. Right. And of course, what happened to the internet here? I can't get on Horizon. Well, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, and again, it was on my list like a couple podcasts. We mentioned it, we talked a little bit with Stuart, was the F4F Ultra Micro Wildcat, which is just like that in the oh. Ultra Micro. Ooh. And I can't. Won't oh, come up. Come on. <laughs> Naturally. <clears throat> see if it's Weird. in their new product list here. There it is. I got it. I got it. Um Oh my gosh, no way. You haven't seen this oh yet? Oh my gosh. Oh, Mike's way behind. <laughs> I can't keep Where were, it, Mike wasn't even on the show last, last time? Yeah. Well, the Wildcat? Yeah, that's the We had the this wild, huge Wildcat thing. We talked about it. For, I, yeah. We talked about these. The regular doing, size, yeah, not doing, the Ultra Micro. I, know, I didn't yeah, see Yeah, look this. at that, Mike. Is that cool or oh what? Oh my gosh. Like, we almost have to have that, That right? one, yes. I'm, I'm, um, I, I almost need that just sitting beside my... My other one, it'd look nice. I like that. So, Horizon brought out the Ultra Micro F4 Wildcat. I don't remember talking. Am I like totally things going we, over my we head? We mentioned it oh, with Stuart we, for a little we, while. We, we had a whole conversation yeah. about Wildcats. Wow. Yeah. I must have been like on drugs or something. And, I don't know. you know, when we were talking to Stuart, he brought up a great point because I don't know if maybe, you know what, Mike? Maybe you weren't there. Maybe that's when I went down and did that podcast and you weren't there. I think that's – you know, he's right, Andre. I think I, <laughs> we're putting stuff in his head. We <laughs> talked about this when we did the podcast when it was just uh, uh, you and I and Stuart. Huh. Uh, so anyway, we were talking – I know my memory is bad, but I don't – We were talking stuff. about the uh, Ultra Micro stuff and why Hobby King what really hasn't been more involved and why they didn't do more because they've, they've had some you know micro stuff in the past. He's like, well, really, it wasn't a huge seller for us, and Horizon's really – got the market for these things on how they're building them and how they look and fly and everything. So he says, we really kind of haven't, you know, done I too much. One, I want one of those. I'm not kidding. But so can you go through the pictures a little? Sure. Again, I love that. Sure. <laughs> Listen to Mike. I want to look at some pictures. So, um, you know, the, the detail and what they're doing and how these things are flying. I mean, look at the details oh on gosh. this thing. 
and we're showing it up on the screen here, and it looks just like the Big Brother that they discontinued that we did. No reason why. I thought I saw a picture why. with four props. That's three props. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they differ? Huh. And it has the scale landing gear That's on there, right there. You see that? Look at that. Check that out. And that just pops up, you know. So you got the, yeah, the nice belly. belly lander. Oh man, uh, it looks fantastic in the air. And I'd probably use it as a belly lander just because. Oh, what for I like. sure. For sure. And it's, you know, their typical new the Ultra Micro 106 gram flying weight, bind and fly series, 15.5 inches, 394 millimeters foam, 180 Brussels, 3000 KB motor, which you're putting on all of them. Wingspan's just uh, 20 inches. So if you're in the Ultra Micro Warbirds, this is probably would be at the top of my list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The problem with the Warbird or the Ultra Micro stuff, I love the Ultra Micro stuff. I've had quite a few different things. If I could fly around my house, like I could just throw a battery in it, walk out the door, fly around. And sometimes I do. Uh, not so much the Warbirds, but like the J3 Cub and stuff is a little slower. I can fly in my front yard through the trees and down the, the road and this and that. They're fun. See, I probably would make that thing a shelf queen. <laughs> that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm envisioning for some reason. <laughs> Go ahead, though. No, I'm just you saying. Are, you want to f- I, I would probably f- buy more and fly more if I had that option. But going out to the big flying field, it's and like taking eh, a micro. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking more like and gymnasium flying though. That would look sweet for gymnasium flying. It's I like don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to fly that inside a gymnasium. Really? No. I think you slow it down. No. Yeah. The, the warbirds are still kind of fast. Mike. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And that's on 2S now as well. Yeah. It's on a 1S yeah, plane. So. Right. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh He's oh, still oh, looking yeah. at it. He's still thinking. Oh, so you I would know, take yeah. this over the, the Torrent 110? <laughs> Too many options. Too many options. Too many options. Hey, and, and Chris, a better you have talked point. about the other, the other thing they announced. What was the other thing? Did I miss it? The Cessna. The Cessna. Oh, we didn't talk about that last Mm-mm. time? We haven't okay. talked about the Cessna. We All right. We, we well, knew let's... it was coming. We speculated. Yeah, you guys got that one right on the money, I thought. All right. <laughs> let me pull that up. What is that? Cessna 150, So right? this is a little larger than gymnasium flying speed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Li- For sure. All right. Larger. I was more excited. What is going on with Horizon? <clears throat> um, Sunday. Nobody buys models on Sundays. I guess. Let me see if I can find it. So, yeah, I guess, um, was it last week then? They brought out an all-new E-Flight large-scale Cessna 150. And they were kind of teasing it for a little while. Yeah, the Carbon Z Cessna 150 comes in the bind and fly or the plug and fly. I completely forgot about this plane already. Is that bad? (laughs) Maybe. All right. Um, It's a beautiful-looking airplane. Uh, it looks like it flies amazing out of the videos I've seen, Mike. I have a little thing for Cessna 150s only because I started my flight training in a Cessna. Well, actually a 152, but basically the same thing. Um, but it's not really what I was kind of hoping for. You know, I thought maybe they were going to bring something. We, we were hoping in between the Carbon Z Cub and the Timber, something in that category, which this is even bigger. The specs on this thing are uh, the weight on it alone is like almost 10 pounds, 9.9 or 8.9 pounds. Length is 61.8 inches, 1570 millimeters. 
60 amp <coughs> ESC, 50 size brushless motor. Takes a four. To, now here's a kind of the cool thing. It will take a four to six cell, four thousand to seven thousand milliamp battery. So you're going to get some serious flying time out of this thing. The wingspan is eighty three point seven inches. So this is right, basically on par with the the carbon, carbon Z, Z Cub. Cub. Yeah, yeah. Now again, I'm surprised they did the painted windows. Um, King flying on floats, Mike. Let me see. Yeah. Let's run through some pictures here for you. I guess the thing I'm disappointed with is it doesn't have, it's not like a Cessna 170 or a Cessna 180 where you got, you know, a tail dragger with the big wheels. But, I, you know, I guess they have the Carbon Z Cub. I'm trying to tell myself yeah, yeah. they're trying to do something a little different. So I think the downfall is with the tricycle gear and the wheel pants and everything, you're probably going to have a, have to have a sort of decent runway for this thing. It's not like you're going to take it out in the backcountry. Yeah. I'm sure it'll handle fires. some grass just because the airplane is so, so large. large. Yeah. I'll give you a little perspective of it there. It's oh big. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's bigger than what we were hoping. And they give you the option to go to four to six cell. So I'm guessing on a, on a big four cell, this baby's just going to really cruise around. That's my guess. And again, from the videos, it looks fantastic. Flies fantastic. Of course, the Horizon guys always make it look good anyway. So I'm not that crazy about their decaling on that for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, look well, at it's um, <clears throat> yeah, the windshield thing was funny, but then I thought, you know what, they did. It was no different than like the Carbon Cub, or mm -hmm. even the Carbon, uh, or the um, you know the 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 Fun Cub and stuff like that. At least the windshield, the front canopy comes off, and that's how you load the battery. That's yep. it's nice. not that's belly nice loaded feature. like like yes. like the Timber. Yeah, that's real nice. And I know I heard a lot of people complaining that it didn't have a like open cockpit with clear windows in it. For me personally, yeah, like if flex. it's not yeah, if it's not a Balsa plane and you know, this thing's more yep. of a aerobatic sport type fly. I don't really care. You know, once it gets out 10 feet from me, it's, you know, not that big a deal anyway. You know what I like? I'm looking at the uh, the shot where they've got the battery and inside the canopy, they've actually put some plastic in the inside. So when you drop the, the, the hatch open or when you open and close, you're not degrading the foam over time, taking the hatch in and out because that, that contact point, right? Yeah. So that's kind of that nice. Somewhere. Where was that? There's the oh, battery this one right shot. Here. Yeah, yeah. No, no, go down one more. One more. The battery shot. Yeah, mm -hmm. you see the one where they, the big blue battery? Uh, I don't have that picture. It's the bottom right. left of the of your photos. Bottom left. That's it, go. right there. There you go. So yep. see, look inside there. They mm -hmm. inside the uh, inside the cockpit. They've actually lined oh, it with yeah. plastic, which is a really nice idea. Yeah. Because oh, over yeah. time, right? Oh, yeah. You know that hatch, even though it's magnetic, I assume, um, you know that the inside that foam really takes a beating over over a couple of years, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I agree. That's one spot on the carbon the reinforce, Z card. A reinforcement yeah. area there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really so good So actually idea. Mike Finley popped in. He says his carbon Z had that issue. So, yes. um, so that's a pretty neat idea. So yep. and, uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Chris, Chris, Chris has said he's going to let me fly his carbon Z in May when I come down and visit. Oh, yeah, for sure, because nobody else will fly it. <laughs> I want to try it. I've never flown anything that big. So I'm like, all right, got to try it. I want to know. Yeah, it's it flies. It's great. I love it. So, 
Yeah, it's it's a neat airplane. If I had to pick between the two of them, I think I'd still pick the Carbon Z because I I prefer uh, the rugged landing gear. This airplane, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure it takes off in grass and everything, mm-hmm. but I think you would still run into an issue that if you had a rough field, this is a rather big airplane to tip over, or you know, if that front wheel gets caught, you're you're you know, it's gonna nose over. So I'm like, mm, no, I'm gonna go with a tail dragger because they're awesome. I agree. All right, I think that's all we had for products, right, Andre? That's uh, yeah, that's all, right. all I got. <laughs> all right, let's uh, we'll wrap it up here with some emails. I think there's one crash story in here that hopefully we, we will not uh, give Andre any flashbacks or put him in the mental institution. <laughs> uh, so the first one I have here is from Jim Elliott, and I did see some of these videos, and they were really good. And I don't know much about. Um, as far as if they were legal or whatever, but he wanted to know if we seen some of the uh, Orville Dam videos out in California. Did you see any of those? When no. you've heard about the dam that was break, going to break out in California, and they they had some amazing shots of it before, after. Uh, he says, "Do you think the pilot of the video quad was licensed and registered as amazing video?" Which it was. I I did watch a video, and I really don't know. If you know, I know here a lot of our parks they have stipulations. Obviously, if it's a federal park, you're not allowed to fly in them. Uh, state park, they kind of go. I know here in Ohio, even though on the websites that I could find, there was nothing in there that says that you can't fly quadcopters. But I've always called them and asked them, you know, hey, can I bring it? And everyone I've talked to said absolutely not. They didn't want them there. They don't want you flying them there. So far, I mean, so whether out in California, I'm not a hundred percent sure you know might have been something maybe they they let him fly that they wanted to see the close-up damage you know what was going on or what happened i don't know but it wasn't some amazing video um i think that was it for that one uh this is from tim baker uh it says I've spent the last few days determining to get a useful print out of my 3D printer that I bought over a year ago and keep getting frustrated with it. My wife hasn't seen me. She might say that it's a blessing. And when she does, I'm muttering and absorbed in trying to solve the latest problems with the printer. I wanted to let you know that I have created a topic on flight test thing universe group uh, to get people to share the issues they have come across that aren't in the manual and that stop printing and why things have stopped printing and happening at all. I have found loads of help with tuning once you get the print working, but little to help getting to the stage of passable prints. Is this the right place? Should I be on the flight test site instead? Do you think it is useful? Have you added anything? This is definitely an Andre question. Mm -hmm. And have you (laughs) added anything to it? I've also put together a diary of getting from first print to where I am now. Do you think this would be an interest uh, for an article? Take it away, Andre. <laughs> I did, and Tim, I emailed Tim back. I said, you know what? Let's. Uh, I said I directed him over to the uh, flight test. Actually, set up a whole CNC 3D printing area in the uh, scratch build uh, section on the form. So I directed him there, and then he was having an issue. Tim said he was having an issue um, where his the head had clogged up. So we we ran back and forth and uh, got through it. And I think he's back to printing. Last time I checked, I haven't printed anything myself recently because uh, well, I just kind of ran into a few issues and I'm resolving those and I'm kind of waiting and seeing what's going on. So, um, 
But uh, the 3D printing community and flight test just kind of exploded, I would have to say. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody in their, uh, in their uncle, is that the right word, uh, got a 3D printer. So it's been kind of fun. Um, it's actually almost been overwhelming because you get a lot of questions and a lot of people are doing stuff. But it's fantastic. Um, a lot of people are, are figuring out very quickly how to integrate their 3d printing products into their flight test scratch builds or their flight test planes and everything so that's pretty awesome that's what i really like seeing about the technology and uh i'm i'm still going to try and print one or two more of those lovely 3d lab print planes because mm -hmm. they are quite nice to fly and watch um and we'll um have to crash one eventually i guess just see what happens <laughs> right so <laughs> Martin says, I don't oh, know what you're that. talking about, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of comments, yeah. um, Mike Finley asked me to remind everybody that on March 26th, um, the podcast guys, us, will be uh, collaborating on their show. Oh, that's and right. And that's 8 p.m. Central Time. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Eastern Time, 7 mm -hmm. p.m. Central, but p.m. So it's going to be kind of weird because Chris and I are usually, you know, we're used to morning shows. So. Yeah. I'll be Mike. getting a case of Red Bull for that podcast that evening. Uh, <laughs> I'll be yeah. up more in my alley. Are you coming things. over, right? For what, what, what is this again? March 26th, Sunday, oh, yes. so 8 p.m. Yes. We're going to do a podcast with the community Community cast. Yes, so you mentioned it to me. I I'm did definitely, mention yeah. Yes, that right. I'm on board for. Okay. I got to talk to Michael Finley because he gets me <laughs> laughing and I, oh my gosh. I know he, that's something he's been wanting to do for right, a while. So. Right, right, right. Out of the group. And, and of course, speaking of all that, Flight Test did release the, uh, announce the registration for Flight Fast Ohio in July. Mm. And of course, that that form entry just exploded um, naturally. So, but we're we're looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be a beer is a better option, according to Patrick Murphy. <laughs> 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 than Red Bull. Okay. Yeah. Flight Fest is going to be a, um, I think this year is going to be special. I know we say that about every year, but I'm really looking forward to to the July event. I mm -hmm. think we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, we're going to get into a lot of trouble. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I just renewed so. my AMA. That's something I did over the weekend. I, they had a two-year deal, so I just went ahead and got two-year membership for the Park Flyer. Yeah. That's usually what I good stuff. Too. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So okay. yeah. All right, I got one last thing, and it's a crash story, one and last. it's good. Hey, good one. All right. Yeah. All right. This is from Russell Alberton. Hopefully, I pronounced that right because I'm terrible at names. Uh, it says, "Guys, I love the show, especially the crash stories. I'm pretty new to the hobby, but I had one to share." During Christmas of 2015, I received an $80 toy drone with an onboard camera as a gift. I had a blast with it and learned the basics of flying. However, the cheap camera and limited range had me wanting more. The reasonable thing to do would be get a Phantom, but I wanted my challenge. This sounds just like Andre, Mike, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, you ain't listening, but it sounds just like Andre. I'm just going to build my own. <laughs> ain't worth buying a Phantom. <laughs> I wanted my own challenge. My first real quad was going to be a scratch-built photography platform with a Pickhox FC GPS 3108 motors, 12-inch prop, gimbal, VTX, flight cam, GoPro, OSD, video switcher, and swap between a GoPro and a flight cam. I was going to build it all myself in one month of RC experience. What could go wrong? Should I... <laughs> Should 
<laughs> Should I mention the GoPro was a Christmas gift my wife who thought I would be fun to film the kids with. She was horrified to learn that I was putting my brand new camera on that. <laughs> I assured her that once I had done my research that this thing could land itself if anything went wrong. She reluctantly trusted me with my new GoPro oh, camera. Oh, gosh. So he this reminds me of my age quad experience. So he uh, put a few pictures up here. And remarkably, uh, Andre, if you looked at the pictures, it does look a lot like your uh, quadcopter that you built. And he puts my on naughty your, quad. Yeah, that thing. Okay, as silly as this endeavor was, I actually got the thing working like it was supposed to. I just took It just took a lot of time. And he puts in there a no. lot <laughs> of time. <laughs> Every single piece required research, soldering, tinkering, and, of course, more time. I had several successful flights, tested out all the systems. I even tested out the return to home feature. It worked great. I programmed my FR Sky to fail safe to return to home and thought it was all done. I did remember getting an RSSI low warning once at close range. It was brief, and I never lost control at all. It was during a turn, and I chalked it up to antenna placement. I didn't think much of it. Besides, it can land itself, right? What can go wrong? It can land itself. Mike, who cares? It'll mm -hmm. be fine. Oh, boy. One day, while staying at the family's bay house, I wanted to get some pictures of the waterfront. I had never flown near water before, so this is going to be line of sight. Very conservative, short range. I wasn't even going to fly over the water. Right after takeoff, I was right near the edge of the water at about 80 feet high when I heard the RSSI low feature followed immediately by an rssi critical all four motors stopped and it dropped out of the sky by about 30 feet so here's he got his brand think about this brand new all that time all that effort. time and all that effort he gets out there he's doing you know nice little cruise by the water getting some aerial photography and boom the motors just that's it done shut down over water over water so he says it dropped about 30 feet and they came back on. So at that point, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Let's, yeah, let's this bring in. this thing back in, right? It's under control. What could go wrong? So he says after that, it banked around a bit and I realized I had no control over it. It was over the water. It got lower and lower and lower. And I was scared to death and I was going to plop it right into the water. But it didn't. It took off climbing next and got out over the water, and I still had no control whatsoever, and I was just watching it fly away. <laughs> Why wasn't my fail-safe working like, like a kid trying to chase a balloon by climbing a ladder I ran down by the pier? I was in full panic mode. I looked around hoping to flag down a boat to chase it. I couldn't control it. Maybe... Maybe if I couldn't control it, I could catch it when it came down. Dumb things go through your head in a panic situation. And at this point, my time, my money, and my GoPro I promised to keep safe were just a tiny speck in the sky oh over a huge gosh. body of salt water. My wife oh. is going to kill me. Oh, my gosh. Why, why wasn't the fail-safe working, Mike? Why wasn't the fail-safe working? I had to do something or try something. I figured I'd try to return to home and it didn't do anything, and especially if I lost signal. But maybe if I powered and cycled uh, the power on my Tyrannus, we'll see what happens. Then going to return to home, it might work. It was worth a shot. I watched the tiny speck but couldn't tell if it worked. After a minute, I felt like it was coming back, but it was very hard to tell. I started to lose patience. I turned it back to stability 
stabilize mode and it was I was shocked I had control once again. Hallelujah, he says. After wiggling the sticks a few times to get orientation, I had it on a beeline back to safety. I was a nervous wreck and just wanted to get it back on the ground. I brought it over the ground, descending too fast and overcorrected and popped it back in the air a few, by a few feet. My nerves were shot. I decided the flight was over and I killed the power. It fell hard on into the yard. It hit pretty hard and broke a leg and a few props. I was probably, probably the happiest person ever to have something crash. At least I had yeah, it in my hands. Yeah. Flight logs revealed later that it got up to 1,500 feet. <laughs> My wife, who was watching out the window, came out when she heard me cussing. She never realized there was a problem and thought the whole flight was intentional until she saw me. I cussed a little more and took the quad back to my truck. As I, pulled the busted quad, as I put the busted quad inside, I noticed the blinking red light of the GoPro. I forgot I was recording all this. And he sent me the YouTube link, and I actually watched the whole thing, and it was like... Very nerve wracking. <laughs> you could he explained it right down to the detail. Just you know, hanging out there, getting, and, and then the, the motors, motors quit, kill. and then it took off again. Then you seen it climbing, and then it took off, and it was crazy. So I can't I'm, believe power and the transmitter back on yeah. is what saved it. I know, isn't that nuts? That's crazy. So I'll, I'll definitely have to link the uh, the video up there, especially at that distance. You wouldn't, you would think shutting it would relink. Off yeah, and, yeah. He said, I could write just as much about what went wrong. I think interference from all the components caused a receiver glitch. This shouldn't have been a huge problem, but I only set my sail safe on my receiver and not on the controller. It turns out the Pickhawks can tell when the FR Sky receiver loses signal and ignores its input. The same input that was trying to put it in to return to home. It also acts pretty erratically until you switch flight modes again. That flight definitely knocked my RC ego down a few notches. I guess the lesson learned is you should always configure your sail fail safe from the flight controller itself. Oh my gosh, him! Uh, I couldn't deal with that. Did that bring back some memories, Andre? Yeah, great. Thanks. Did, <laughs> did, have you really even actually gone out and played around with that thing since? No, no? it hangs in the back room. Uh, it's got a nice gimbal. It's got a pretty decent flight controller. It's got some nice motors and ESC, and it hangs in the back room. I will never fly that <laughs> thing with that, that tech ever again. Nope. Never. I, uh, I love my Phantom. That's in a you know in its case with its batteries all in storage mode right now. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Russell, if you're listening to us out there, and we just read your crash story, hopefully you do listen to the podcast. I'm curious to know what you're going to do. If you're going to kind of stick with this and tinker around with it and get this thing to work and fly, um, or are you just going to say, screw this, okay. sell everything, I'm going to buy a Phantom? <laughs> I don't know. It's rather interesting. But oh, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know i i don't think i've really ever talked to anybody besides our oh, i can't remember his name what's what's wayne's neighbors uh oh, i'm losing my mind oh the and, one that lived in front of his house who is it andrew andrew yes yes andrew is probably the only one that i know of this put all built, that equipment on yes, that thing like on that, that quad and has had success he basically has a laptop on right <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. yeah, he's had some really good successful flights with his, I know for sure. But even the day we were oh, down yeah, there, he, had, he had some trouble with it. Yeah, yeah. It draw, yeah, yeah, it landed yeah. funny, yeah. Ugh. Wow. All right, folks, that's it. We're done. Done with the last 
FT After Hours Podcast. And again, if anybody has joined us um, live on Facebook or in case, I don't know, you didn't hear, you want to know, this is the last FT After Hours Podcast. Uh, we are switching over. We're going to be the RC After Hours Podcast. So after this, you will have to search us out on any of the platforms you listen to, iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform. Uh, we're going to switch things over and look for, search for RC After Hours. You should be able to find us. It shouldn't be a problem. Uh, we'll get a website going, get some email going. So we'll get set up here in the next couple of weeks. But we just want to let everybody know. I'm sure you're gonna, you've already seen the change on most of all the social networking stuff. I've slowly been switching everything over. So that's the ordeal. In the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about it, what we're going to do, what we hope to do, what we'd like to do. We don't know. That's just options. We'll see how it goes and see if you guys want to still hang out with us. Uh, thanks, Mike, for uh, letting us know we've done a good job. <laughs> At least somebody out there appreciates it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but that's it. Thanks for joining us on – what are we on? Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Facebook. <laughs> it seems to be working so far. pretty well. We're probably going to be sticking to this platform. That way we can kind of take your questions – uh, a little bit better. You can watch us live from any platform and hopefully we can just take this and post this on YouTube if you want to watch it there later in a little better quality. So let us know your feedback though. We're always curious for our listeners what you like. Um, again, next podcast we'll explain more what we want to do. Uh, but I'm always looking for feedback how we can make this better. I don't want it to be stale. I want it to improve it, make it better, do better video grow stuff. It. Yeah, grow it a little bit. So and we'll talk all about that next time. So that's it, folks. Thanks right. for joining us. Thanks, Mike, yes, for coming in, no hanging problem. out. And we filled your head with knowledge today of everything yes. you didn't know about. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Andre, for coming on, hanging out. Thank you to Brandon Schulman for coming on yes. and really kind of explaining things and making a better understanding of some of these rules and regulations that even I didn't realize or I had a you know different interpretation to. So that's it for this podcast we'll see you next podcast for the first ever rc after hours podcast and hopefully we'll have david on to join us and we'll get his thoughts on some stuff and hopefully he'll be joining us on a more regular basis and we'll let you know what's going on see you, see later. you guys bye see you guys thanks bye